Welcome to Franchise Marketing Radio, brought to you by SEO Samba, comprehensive high-performing marketing solutions for mature and emerging franchise brands. To supercharge your franchise marketing, go to seosamba.com. That's S-E-O-S-A-M-B-A dot com. Welcome to Franchise Marketing Radio. Stone Payton, Lee Cantor here with you this morning. Lee, this is going to be a fantastic segment. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast managing partner with the Internicola Law Firm, the man himself, Mr. Charles Internicola. Good morning, sir. Good morning, gentlemen. Great to speak to you guys. Well, Charles, before we get too far into things, tell us about your law firm. How are you serving folks? We're a franchise law firm. It's all we do. And we specialize in representing emerging franchise brands. So brands that are starting up as franchises and brands that are in that initial growth stage, anywhere from zero to 150 units. Now, when a a firm is in the process or considering franchising, uh, is it wise to have a conversation to you? Like, can you help them kind of determine, hey, this is something that could be franchised or this is something that maybe you need some, you have more work to do? Like, do you help in that kind of in-between stage when they're still maybe a mom and pop, but they haven't yet taken the plunge? So we, we, um, it's an important question because in my opinion, um, there's many businesses or business owners that franchise their business and they're not ready yet. So part of uh, my daily and weekly conversations are with founders and entrepreneurs explaining why we don't believe they're ready yet. And then your question's a good one. Um, do we help them get ready? So we do provide them with some guidelines as to where we think they should focus over the next year. And then significantly, we have other referral partners that work on business development and coaching that, that we refer them to uh, when they're not ready to take that step. Now, what if um, they position themselves, they want to expand, but they don't want to go franchising. Maybe they want to go licensing or another type of expansion plan. Do you help educate them on kind of the pros and cons of each one of those? Sure. And in fact, one of our most popular publications is is a guide we had written, Licensing versus Franchising. Um, we do. We have those conversations. For me, when when a the most important thing that I look for to see if a brand is ready to franchise is really the founder and the founder's mindset, right? Their individual goals. Um, unfortunately, <clears throat> if the goal is to achieve what multi-unit expansion and you onboarding licensee partners, um, the franchise laws are so stringent that franchising is almost always the option to follow. Um, but we do have those conversations. Certainly if a brand can grow, Without a franchising model, um, we do evaluate licensing for them. Now, what about, like, I've seen some of these uh, coaching firms where uh, it's a type of coaching and then a person gets certified as a coach in a market. Is that, like, is that kind of an in-between thing between a franchise or a uh, license? Yeah, and and that's a good point. Yeah, and so another good, that's a great example. I think Zumba would be another good example. Uh, to a lesser extent, you know, certification through CrossFit could be an example. So there is there is a small gap in that space, be, be, you know, before you get to franchising. Um, the analysis is really basic, right? At federal law in many states, 
you know, franchising really is designed to cover business opportunity and the three factors that'll trigger franchise law come down to if you're giving in a license, if you're taking an upfront fee and the degree of control that you exert over the licensee or franchisee's operations. So with those coaching programs, um, many times their agreements are designed in a way where um, there is a lack of control over the coach um, and therefore to avoid franchise liability. But yeah, so coaching does walk that line and it, it usually comes down to the amount of control over their operation. Now, what's your backstory? How did you get involved in franchising? Uh, well, you know, um, so um, our franchise were here over 20 years. Initially, when I was a younger attorney, um, I was interested in business law, and that's where my passion was. And um, ironically, got involved with a uh, well-known national brand that was opening up outlets and doing the exact thing we're talking about. They were licensing their mark. Um, and franchise issues came up and, and that, that created my interest in franchising. And, you know, at an early stage decided that's the space I want to be in because there's a productive relationship. We could help clients win and grow. Um, and then at certain points, in fact, a number of years ago, our team had taken over a struggling franchise brand that had legal issues. We didn't represent them. Um, we didn't know what we didn't know. I mean, we knew the legal aspects, but we bought the franchise company rebranded it, rehabilitated it, um, you know, took our lumps. But ironically, the legal issues were easier to solve and franchise sales took more of an effort. And um, so we rebuilt the company and sold it to a national brand. So um, we've also experienced on the franchisor end uh, what it's like also. And that probably is a big differentiator for somebody who's considering a franchise law firm to partner with than somebody who's been a franchisor and that's kind of lived that and seen kind of the good, the bad, the ugly from that perspective gives you maybe more empathy than somebody who is just doing it from the legal standpoint. It really does. Um, you know, it's part of the passion and it's part of the connection we have with our clients. And it's also, um, it's led to us where, I think one of the value propositions of our firm is not only do our clients get um, legal representation right across the nation, and but we also have an element where we embed extra value in, in terms of development, know-how, franchising, best practices. Um, that's critical to us, and it's also critical to keep providing our clients with resources to help them grow, whether it's you know different knowledge-based technology and and even mastermind groups that we run with them. So you help them you know, maybe partner with complementary franchisors to kind of share best practices and, and, and the, what they're learning in their maybe unique space. Do you, it sounds like you're very relationship oriented. It's not like, Hey, you're on a clock every time you talk to me and this is, I'm just doing the legal stuff. It sounds like you're more holistic than that. Yeah. It, so the clock and the hourly billing, I don't think works in franchising. Um, most of our clients work with us on a fixed monthly retainer, which for us is, is a blessing because, and for our clients, it's open communication. We're speaking with our clients, um, extensively. There's no barrier. So they're encouraged to be in touch, um, which helps us preempt problems and allows us to plan out their representation throughout the year. So that's great. And then for me, the biggest blessing is when I see our clients speaking with each other, right? Either 
we have a mastermind event and we introduce them and and then I find out they have a relationship and they're helping each other and sharing information about CRM systems and things like that. So so that's that's a big focus for us. Now, do you specialize um, in B2B franchising, B2C franchising? You'll take all comers like restaurants or, you know, services. Do you have a specialty or um, any type of franchise? No, yes, yeah, we're agnostic as to the industry. I think we've represented um, where we draw a line is we, we're only a franchise firm, right? So that's all we do. Um, but we've in, we represent clients across all industries from retail, service-based, um, even to, you know, licensed uh, physician-related franchises. So um, I think we've pretty much hit almost every industry across the spectrum. Uh, and then uh, you said that uh, you're kind of focusing a little bit on emerging. Now, can emerging be that they have one store and they want to franchise, or emerging is that they already have a couple locations and then they uh, get start working with you? Yeah, so um, emerging's our sweet spot because, um, and to answer your question, it goes from pre-franchising through growth stages. So um, we help uh the number of we help franchise businesses all the time. So we include that in the emerging space, which is really startup. And we have clients that started with us and now they're over 200 units. Right. Um, but emerging is our focus because there's certain levels of support and extra knowledge that they need. I mean, what I see too often, um, a, I see businesses that franchise when they're not ready or B, I see um, great brands, great founders, they launch a franchise, but they stagnate in years one, two, or three. And many times they suffer what I call franchise fatigue. It's usually because they spend money where they probably shouldn't or didn't know, or they, they paid for things that really don't add value to them. So for us, we've seen um, our greatest impact on the emerging brands. And and that even includes clients that we take into private equity deals and, and, and out of them. Um, but that's where we create the most value. Now, is that kind of one of the um, added benefits of working with a seasoned law firm like yours where there could be an exit with a private equity firm? That is a um, a hot area where private equity firms are looking to roll up some of these. And if you f- build the right foundation from a legal standpoint, you can make it easier for that to occur? Yeah. Well, yeah. So every conversation I have with our clients um, – whether it's a startup or if it's a brand that is in year six of its development is all of our decision-making and conversations involve a hypothetical of, you know, what is the system going to look like five years from now? How would this decision impact say a private equity deal or due diligence when we're sitting down at a table and working out a deal? So for us, that's super important for franchise compliance making sure our FDDs and receipts and all the franchise compliance infrastructure is in place. So when we do have due diligence, um, there's no roadblocks, but also decision-making on, you know, how we're going to develop. So five years from now, four years from now, we're maximizing value for partial equity or an actual sale. So that's embedded in all of our conversations. And um, it's something that's important to every one of our clients and not to say they're going to sell, but it's always important to plan to sell, right? Uh, and I think it makes for a better uh, business and franchise system. 
Yeah, it's always good to know how the story, how you want the story to end, so you can plan accordingly. Yeah, well, I, I think that's that's stated really well. Yeah. So now, um, walk me through, like, say, an emerging franchise or is listening, and uh, can you kind of walk me through what that first conversation with that person would look like and feel like so they can um, kind of get an idea of what it's like to work with you? Like, what are some of the questions sure. or some of the homework you're going to give them before you even have the conversation? Well, so we're referring to someone who hasn't franchised yet. Right. Like, say they have, you know, they yep. have something that they think is franchisable. They're not sure. They schedule a meeting with you. They go on your website. I saw you have a little chat box. They say, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. I'd like to, um, you know, have a conversation to see if this is a right fit. So, like, what's my, what's that first kind of, conversation with your firm going to look like? Sure. So what, what we do, and um, we have a conversation where our focus with them is on the founder, him or herself, the brand itself and the industry, right? So those are usually the three key factors we have a conversation about. Most important is founder and what's their individual goals. What, do they, where do they want to see the business five years from now? And can they envision themselves creating this whole new business, a franchise company, um, where they're actively involved in franchise sales, support, training, and the capital investment? So, so we, we really have to do a deep dive into what's their individual goal, which I think is critical. And many times I explain you could, ha- you could have two businesses. One is exceptional and one is mediocre. And if the founder of the exceptional business, if franchising is not going to be their passion, they're probably not going to do as well as the ordinary business that just has a better founder. So for me, it's all about founder and founder goals, giving them education and visibility as to what it's going to look like to franchise their business, having an honest conversation about capital um, and how the money you spend now with us or someone else, that's just the tip of the iceberg, right? And how, how do we scale into franchising? So we, it's, the focus is heavily on the founder and founder goals. Um, at a secondary nature, it's also industry. So if they're in a saturated industry that's heavily dominated by big players, we're going to have a candid conversation, which it's going to take more capital and more effort to get traction in a very crowded space. Um, Whereas if it's not as crowded, then that's a plus factor. So usually industry and founder goals are, are the big discussion points for us. And you mentioned capital. Is there um, is this something that people underestimate? Maybe give us a, a range of capital that it would take to take an emerging brand in, say, a market that has room uh, to get things going and to maintain it You know, for the first one to three years. Yeah, that's a great question, and I, I feel like um, it's a, the answer to that is hidden in the industry many times because you'll see companies that will promote or advertise franchise your business, low cost, and all this other stuff, right? And I feel like there's misinformation in there. We, we actually wrote a good article, What's the Cost? And so I break it down into two stages. So for someone who wants to franchise their business, they have to think about the cost structure in two, two components. The first phase is what is it going to cost to quote unquote franchise my business where I have my FDD, my operations manual. I am able to call myself a franchisor and sell franchises. So that's phase one. 
Then phase two, my focus is what is it going to cost you over the next 12 months to season your franchise, right? And in the industry itself, it's like no one wants to give these answers. Um, I will tell you the initial phase one cost to franchise. I've seen it range from 18000 to 90000 right? Right. Um, and the second phase, what am I going to spend in the next year? It could be as much as $75,000, right, or more. But so it's really going to depend on the goals. So I've seen people come to us two, year two. They've been franchising for two years. They spent 100000 to franchise their business. And the only thing they paid for is just boilerplate documents, FDDs, and operations manuals that don't fit. Um, so it's really going to depend on the industry and the brand. Um, I would say to franchise your business, to have your FDD prepared the right way, your operations manual, um, the initial training, to call yourself a franchisor, you probably need to spend about $35,000. Um, but then what I would also say is you pay 35 to 50, say at that stage, but then also you need to have money in that first year to start telling your story about your brand, maybe positioning the brand, uh, franchise PR, some light paid advertising, focusing on your organic contacts, getting involved with the IFA and organizations. Um, so if I look at that first year as a part of the franchising process, um, I think at a minimum, you have to look at investing $100,000 to franchise your business. And then the next question really becomes, how quickly do you want to grow? You know, are you good with focusing on your organic contacts and slowly growing your franchise system um, and selling two to three franchises in that next year? Well, then, then that's a manageable goal, right? And, and, and nurturing those initial franchisees for validation. But if you have unrealistic expectations selling 20 in the first year, well, you're going to need a very big budget to potentially do that. And it sounds like when you come into the picture, like this person who is out there and they got something going and they're pretty proud of it and they're saying, hey, this is something that can be replicated. Um, I'm going to call Charles and uh, I'm going to have a conversation. It sounds like you become almost a trusted advisor, part of the team in terms of telling them what they don't know, first of all, and also maybe helping them make the connections to uh, these complementary services that can really down the proper foundation so they are set up properly for realistic growth. Yeah. So it's important to us. And in fact, on our website, one of the main sections is called learn franchising. And so what we do webinars with industry uh, experts um, on sometimes advanced issues, right? Whether it's basic issues of how to franchise to, how to work with franchise brokers, how to position your brand. Um, so we have these webinars because I want to expose individuals to what comes next. And when we're working with our clients, I want to expose them to what comes next. And maybe it scares some people, and that's okay because it's sometimes designed to do that. But also I want them to know like what the trajectory is going to look like. So teaching them franchising and Providing that learning um, element is, is it's critical to us because too many people are sold on franchising without understanding the next steps. And it's, it's not easy selling franchises, right? That's, that's like, and you know, a hidden secret, at least 
for those people that are promising everyone, hey, franchise your business, we'll do it quick, get you up and running, we'll sell, is there's an abundance of franchise opportunities out there relative to franchise buyers. So you need to be really precise in how you launch your franchise. Um, and you also need to do legwork that I see even mature brands not doing, which is really defining what your brand stands for. What is your unique selling proposition? You know, who is your ideal franchisee? And why does your franchise represent a compelling value? And a lot of times I'll see people being sold on franchising, being sold on advertising. They're running Google ads, but none of it's working. And it's, it's not working because they didn't do the deep dive into what their brand's about and put together a five-year plan. So for us, that's important. And even for, for people that aren't our clients yet, we have our webinars out there for them just to show them what comes next. I, you know, it, we have a great process and we could help you succeed and win, but there's effort. And, and, and as a founder, the thing that's always compelling to me, when a brand does well, lawyers and consultants take all the credit. When a brand doesn't do well, they blame the founder. And the reality is it comes down to the founder. And I view our job as equipping them with the knowledge and practices to help them win. But winning comes from that founder and that passion. You can't just franchise and say, I'm going to rely on the industry uh, and just not be actively involved because you're going to waste money. So now any advice for that emerging franchise? Maybe something like you mentioned it earlier, when you're starting a franchise system, you're in a different business now. Like you might've been great at selling cookies or yogurt or whatever it is that you're selling in your town. And it might be the most popular thing ever. But once you move to being a franchisor, you're now in the training business and the support business. And you're, you're, you know, selling that one more scoop of yogurt in your local shop is a different skill maybe than it is to train and support a group of people around the country. Yeah, I mean, you stated it perfectly, right? I mean, just what you've articulated is perfect. I, it, that can't be said enough for a startup franchisor, right? So that passion has to be to build an organization that's different from your underlying business, but you're going to be building an organization with salespeople, other team members, training, support. Um, you know, that needs to be your passion. So, so exactly the way you describe it is anyone who's listening, they need to take that to heart because it's not just I'm going to maximize my profits by allowing other people to open up locations. It's you're going to create a whole new organization. The good news is, is when it's done the right way, it works well. I mean, I'm proud of the clients and, and the founders that where I've seen them go from two or three units or from they got bad advice and they started off as licenses and we had to fix that. And now they're over a hundred units and in many countries, right? So um, the reward is there, but you're correct. It's a completely different business. Now, can you share an example, maybe not name the names, but a story, like you mentioned that person with the licensing might be a good example of somebody who was going down a path and you kind of got to know them and then maybe educated them about a different path and some of the work that you had to do in order to uh, get them pointed in the right direction. Yeah. So, so like that, that's a great example. I mean, and this, and it's not even just one client, this is a common pattern. So we've had clients where they've had a successful business, ironically um, always thought about the business as something they'd want to franchise, even when they were setting it up and maybe have worked with a local lawyer who, 
who didn't know franchising and, and prepared license agreements for them um, or positioned it as, hey, this is an alternative. And they maybe have gone on to sell. In, we've had examples where they sold two or three and they've sold 20. Um, and they then run into a regulatory issue where, you know, someone contacts them. And um, the good news is, is the regulators are all rational and very professional. And so we've helped those brands address the licensing problem, uh, deal with the states, uh, rectify the violation, uh, and then convert their business into a franchise with their FDD. And um, what I found is, is that those business owners that go on to succeed, it's because they're, Founders are amazingly passionate about growing the business, but also, and it's something we talk about in our webinars a lot, about doing the right thing by the franchisees, right? So over this period of time where they've gone from a few licenses to over 100 franchises, I've seen them reinvest in their um, technology systems that are real, not just you know, relabeled systems, but systems that they're spending money on that help their franchisees focus on expanding their products and services or making them deeper. Um, so that's a propelling force. The other thing is along the way, we've provided daily guidance uh, to them on, you know, things, anticipating things ahead of time, which is you know, how are we going to deal with special unique opportunities, maybe with national accounts or, you know, special, you know, uh, venues such as um, amusement parks or things like that, or different levels of distribution, um, and even helping them navigate internationally with council in other countries and stuff. So um, we've worked with them at, at all the stages. I think the thing that where we add the biggest value is anticipating things that are going to come next for them. And the biggest thing that I value is when a client says, hey, um, you know, I'm so glad you convinced us to do X, Y, and Z two years ago, right? So that that feels good. But, um, you know, I, I, you can't take too much credit because a good founder is going to be driven to drive the business and they're going to seek out information. And I'm glad we've along the way have helped introduce them to great vendors and other franchisors and they've helped each other. Now, are you seeing a trend? We've been interviewing a lot of these kind of conglomerates where they're uh, going after maybe one type of a market and then building complementary brands that both that all target kind of the same customer. Are you seeing that uh, more and more often? Yeah, yeah, right. And I, I would get yeah. So especially home based service businesses, right, where um, they're looking to add different brands that target that consistent customer and. And it, it makes sense to me, right? Because you have those synergies of, hey, I'm getting my local marketing right for, say, a cleaning business. I can use my team to adapt that marketing for another home service-based business or whatnot. So we do see that trend. And, and I, I, I think it makes sense. It, it also makes sense from a franchise sales standpoint. I mean, there's, um, I think, significant economies of scale at that doing that. Now, is that something you would could help somebody get uh, set up, or maybe in your case, you might have multiple customers maybe hitting the same target, and it, and maybe in those masterminds or these introductions that they kind of self discover, hey, maybe we should think about kind of joining forces in some areas. I would imagine you have an opportunity to do some of these mashups. Yeah, that, that's a very insightful question. Um, I'd love to say I thought about that, but it's happened organically, so. Um, some of our clients who are 
we have a client that just does phenomenal local marketing. And, um, you know, I've referred our other franchisors to use their marketing company. And we have clients with great technology and we've referred them, other clients to license that technology. So there's a really good synergy in that community. And I think that's, you know, that's where everyone wins is that community. So for us, um, you know, when we look at our goals, our team goals and our focus, um, our primary goal is to provide emerging brands with resources, right? And so for us, that community is the biggest resource and something I'm proud of. But the answer is yes. We've had clients sell to each other and license each other technologies and uh, know-how and support, and it's, it's worked out well. Yeah, it sounds like you've created a great ecosystem for all the people, and not only just your clients, your um you know, you're sharing a lot of the knowledge that you've gotten over the years and that shows that, you know, a lot, but it also shows that you care a lot. Uh, you know, so I appreciate that. And that's good for everybody. Yeah. I mean, it, it, there's a great community out there. Um, I, you know, whether it's other law firms or, or you know, there's, there's just a good community of people in, in the franchise world. There's some that aren't, but, but by and large, there's, it's a very professional and, and helpful community. Well, if somebody wanted to learn more and maybe they have that emerging brand and they want to uh, get uh, in contact with you, what's the best uh, website for them to go? And it sounds like you have a ton of knowledge and uh, information there just to browse, even if they don't want to have a conversation with you, but what's the best website? So it's franchise law solutions.com is our website. And yeah, anyone who's interested, there's a tab on there. It says learn franchising and you'll find um, some really good webinars and, and information. So, so yeah, definitely franchiselawsolutions.com. Good stuff. Well, Charles, thank you so much for sharing your story today. Hey, I, I can't thank you enough. I really appreciated it. You know, have a great day. This is Lee Cantor for Stone Payton. We will see you all next time on Franchise Marketing Radio.